listening, however you are listening, this is your MWP, also known as the Man with a Plan podcast, episode 20. 20 episodes. Wow. That is crazy, but not as crazy as what is going on today. Free agency has officially begun. The tampering period began March 15th, and teams can make their official announcements on the 17th, but there have been a lot of signings and a lot of news. We'll cover that later. Today we're going to go over Selection Sunday, the brackets, my optimism towards the event because you know with this new age this new world comes a little bit of uncertainty so I'm going to provide some relief to anyone that's wondering we're going to talk about the Saints Drew Brees has officially retired the Hall of Famer that we all presume him to be is calling it a career hanging up his cleats who's the quarterback moving forward we'll talk about that of course without free agency in 2021 we've got a lot of moves that have been discussed And we're going to cover them, my opinions, my thoughts. New England is making big moves and big splashes, but let's start with Selection Sunday. Wow. I can't tell y'all how much I love Selection Sunday. You're going to go, this isn't a football topic. And you're going to hear my voice crack there because I was trying to sound like those people. Like, you know what I'm talking about. But I love Selection Sunday, the absolute beauty of it. It's almost what the NBA bubble was. I love the contained area. Everyone's on equal playing field. It's more like a bracket than it is like an event, and everyone gets to compete. They get to make their predictions. I honestly love it. It might be my favorite like event or playoff series, if you want to call it that, because anything can happen, and that statement holds true more than anything else. Like You're like, anything can happen on any given Sunday, college football Saturday, anything could potentially happen, but sometimes you know what the outcome is going to be. With March Madness, it's pretty crazy. Like Madness really... It holds true to that name, and I love it so, so, so much. I've made five brackets already. If you haven't already, the Man with the Plan Bracket Contest is on ESPNTournamentChallenge.com. It is going to have a link in the description below for anyone who is listening. Wherever you get your podcasts, it will be there. The password is podcast. If it asks you for that, we currently have about 15 people in it. The winner gets a free segment on the show, and I say free like I'm handing out things for like $1 or whatever, I don't have that kind of following yet, but hey, I'm blessed with what I got, but anyways, the winner gets to have their own segment, they can talk about whatever they want, from sports to anything, I got people telling me what already, if they win, what they're going to talk about, we got Cowboys trying to embarrass me, Patriots, a lot of stuff, a lot of people are also uncertain because like it's their first time behind the mic, and it's really, really nice to be able to host an event based on the work that we've done together as a group. You guys have come back every single episode. Of course, I thank you for that because I'm just absolutely blessed with what I've been given with this kind of audience, this community that we're starting to build, and it's starting to show with a bracket contest with a lot of people willing to join and reap the benefits of what I have to offer, so that's really exciting. And overall, with this Selection Sunday March Madness thing, it's going to be all in Indianapolis, so it's going to be in all one contained area. It's going to be... Like the style of the NBA bubble, I'm sure the committee chair, I don't know his name exactly, contacted Adam Silver be like, how did you do it? What are the protocols I need to take in place? What are the notes that I want to write down so I can replicate a COVID-free environment so we don't have any cancellations or reseedings? Because with a 68-team bracket, that could get very complicated very fast. And I don't know what their protocol is. So like if one player gets it, do they get kicked out? Not like kicked out like they did anything wrong because like you can't control it sometimes. But do they leave? Like, it's a very complicated event of things. I think, personally, that it's going to be okay. I don't want to jinx it, but 
if with all being in one containing area, if we can survive that first initial couple days and they're already there and they practice, get acclimated to the environment, I'm excited for what this tournament could hold. It's going to be a very exciting event. So that's really all I have on March Madness. We'll stay tuned on that. If y'all want me to continue to talk about it, analyze the games with my quote-unquote basketball mind, I love basketball, but not as much as I do football, so I can't really talk about it as much with like the stats, the, the real knowledge of it all. I want to talk about Drew Brees. Drew Brees officially has announced his retirement from pro football after 20 seasons, and you've seen the jokes like his arm retired three years ago or whatever. I think it's a bunch of crap, but hell of a career for Drew Brees. Honestly, if I could describe Drew Brees in three words, it would be he was a leader. He was always there, always there for his teammates. He was a presence. He was accurate. I think one of the more accurate quarterbacks of my lifetime and consistent. He was always consistent on what he wanted to do. His message and his play on the field was always consistent. That is a Hall of Fame career. One Super Bowl, obviously, the Saints wanted more, and I think the Saints have more disappointing playoff losses than a lot of teams are willing to admit. It's kind of a crazy event that one quarterback kind of redefined the way we look at QBs now because Breeze wasn't the tallest guy. Usually the prototypical person was Peyton Manning, six foot four, this overarching figure through a cannon. Drew Brees didn't have the best arm. He was the accurate, he was the shorter guy, and he kind of changed the way that we viewed cute QBs. Because now you have people like Russell Wilson, Johnny Manziel, be like, oh, I want to be the next Drew Brees. Obviously, Manziel didn't work out, but Wilson's kind of what Brees is now, the accurate, shorter person who stays healthy and is able to continue a and have a long and preserving career. And I think that Drew Brees, if his greatest accomplishment isn't on the field, it's what he did for the people off of it and the people coming before him and after him. It's such an amazing thing to see him retire and get to do what he loves in the NBC world. He's going to be an analyst, which is going to be great to see. I am curious that he may be like a Tony Roma personality. I don't know if it's going to be as energetic, but Breeze overall as a character and the way he studies film, the way he carries himself, it's going to be really entertaining to watch. I am excited to see what he brings to the table as an analyst. I'm sure that the Saints are probably like they probably would have liked him back for another year or two, but I think we all knew after that playoff run and this year, two straight seasons with injuries that kind of cut his season in half, the ribs, and I think it was the arm. No, it was the thumb. It was the dislocated thumb in the Rams game two years ago that paved the way for Teddy Bridgewater's contract with Carolina. And then it was this year where it was a mix of Taysom Hill slash Jason, Jameis Winston. I was about to say Jason Winston. Oh, man. All right, so the Saints, what do they do moving forward? They have two options. They can either kind of do a gadget kind of offense with Taysom Hill where it's not really a offense you can prepare for because Taysom Hill's able to do so many different things. He's very creative with the ball. He's not the best thrower, but he's able to get the job done. And while that sample size was super small, it could be enough with a talented enough roster around him to be able to carry the Saints to maybe 9 or 10 wins. The other option is Jameis Winston. Obviously, Jameis Winston is a player that carries a lot of controversy with him. The 30 picks, the allegations, there's a lot of stuff that Winston... There's a lot of cons with Winston is what I'm trying to say, but I think a year behind Drew Brees, and again, that Brees effect, his maturity, his leadership, was he able to take Winston under his wing and be like, look, this is what the NFL expects out of you, this is all this stuff, and then there's the whole LASIK surgery thing he can see now, so that's probably a factor in what the Saints do. I saw some reports that he's looking to have a restructured deal to be the defined starter and have Taysom Hill still play his gadget role. 
Let's talk about that contract. Taysom Hill signed a four-year, $140 million contract, and I don't know much about the cap and all the reworkings and all that stuff, but I know that it's not as aggressive or egregious as people might think because there's a lot of voided stuff in the last couple years. I don't think it's all guaranteed. There's a lot of stuff in the language of the contract that makes it to where Taysom Hill's not earning as much money as that contract. It's more of a headline than it is the big payday that people are thinking Taysom Hill's going to get. So the, those are the options that New Orleans could realistically take a quarterback. For me, I would take Jameis Winston. While the maturity issues are an issue, the production is still it's still there. 5,000 yards, 30 touchdowns under Sean Payton now. I think you could make the argument, oh, well, Bruce Arians, what happened with him? I think Bruce Arians grew as a head coach this year under Tom Brady. Like, they kind of benefited from each other. Bruce Arians was experienced under year two of his system in Tampa Bay, and Tom Brady brought the playoff leadership mentality. And now it's kind of on the inverse. Sean Payton will bring that leadership, maturity, playoff experience. Jameis Winston can grow with that. So there are going to be two NFC South duos that are learning and growing from each other. And that will be really exciting to see. If Jameis Winston could cut the turnovers in half, throw like 30 touchdowns, 4,000 yards, and 15 picks, the Saints will win 11 games. They have a talented enough roster, a good defense. They're in salary cap hell right now, but they've been able to make some moves to rework a lot of stuff. So I'm actually very excited to see what a Drew Breesless Saints can do. Drew Breesless, try saying that three times fast. That it's kind of a mouthful. So that's pretty much all I have on the Saints and Selection Sunday as a whole. When I return, we're going to go over free agency, the big moves that New England is making, and a couple other highlighted things that I've seen, some signings. The key word you can take from this is teams are getting aggressive. The teams that have the most money, they're making moves, and the teams that are suffering right now are the ones that are in salary cap hell. The teams that went all in a couple years ago, and now because of the COVID year, the money is down, and they're not able to make the moves on an actually pretty loaded free agent class. This is the Mammoth Plan Podcast. We will be right back with some free agency chaos. Let's go. Alright, and we are back. This is the Mammoth Plan Podcast, episode 20. Now, what are we going to talk about? Well, we've got the start of NFL free agency, and I feel like they're starting to embrace what makes the NBA offseason so special, is that free agency is chaotic. It's got a lot of moving parts, a lot of moving pieces. The NFL's done a really good job in a year after a 2020 season that I thought was pretty darn good. They have emphasized free agency and the value of those moving parts. A lot has happened, and I just my mind is all over the place. I was like, all right, how am I going to talk about this in a way that sounds concise and doesn't sound scrambled all over the place? So I decided to devise a little top five that we're going to save for later, but we're going to talk about some key signings first. Obviously, if we're going to talk about free agency today, New England makes the biggest moves. New England has been absolutely insane. Earlier, we're not going to include this in the top five, but they made some moves earlier that set like a precedent. They reacquired Trent Brown in a trade that basically restructured his contract, made him a cheaper option, and he is a tank. New England Patriots are going to have a lot of fun running the football this year. And, of course, they re-signed Cam Newton. So we're going to talk about Cam Newton for a couple seconds. Not like actual seconds, but you know what I'm talking about. So New England re-signs Cam Newton. And I think how you feel about Cam Newton after Week 17 is how you're going to feel about this signing. You're either like, I want to see him run it back. I want to see things how they progress in year two under a very complex system that is Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniel's system, 
or you're part of that camp, and this being the majority, that wanted New England to move on, try to see what they could do in the draft, maybe sign another veteran that actually can throw the football. This is literally people's words, not mine. I think, and I told y'all, that I thought that Cam Newton, his two logical landing spots were Washington and New England. New England ended up signing him on a cheap deal relative to what they signed him back in 2020 in June. I think it's a pretty good deal. I think Cam Newton gets a second chance to prove himself. And based off of today, I think he's going to have a very high rate of success because he's going to have some weapons, some lots of people to throw to. He's going to have a, lot, a very stacked and very different Patriots team that's going to be around him. I like the move because it gives New England some focus. It gives them a direction. They don't have to go in the draft and go, all right, what are we going to give up? They can't afford to be desperate. That's not a Belichick characteristic desperation. So if they want to, they're going to do it. But they're not going to do it out of desperation because they don't have an option. So they have Cam Newton. And this probably, all the Jared Stidham fans out there, I don't think this makes his case for the starter any better because then he's going to be most likely the third stringer because I don't see them going with two QBs again. They might go and get like a quarterback like Kellen Mond in the draft. That would be my prediction. They don't do first round like Trey Lance or something like that. They're going to try to keep addressing their needs as the offseason continues. But I think Stidham's career in New England looks a little dimmer than it did a couple weeks ago. He was training out in California with Jordan Palmer and Josh Allen, a couple other guys, and you're like, okay, maybe he's the guy now, and that doesn't seem to be the case anymore. And all the people that are Jared Stidham fans and all this stuff, when Cam Newton was struggling last year, why wasn't he the starter? When Cam Newton was not signed with anyone, why didn't they commit to Jared Stidham? It's because they probably have seen him in practice every day and they aren't impressed. So, to talk about free agency, we have to be, it's a scramble. It's all over the place. And for order and for order me to be a decent and continue to get better as a podcaster, I was like, how can I be concise? Because there's a lot of moving parts, a lot of pieces. And a lot of it is like, you go over here and you go over there and you go over here and you go over there. And you're like, ah, I don't know how to manage all this. So I decided to make a top five. So we're going to start with some honorable mentions of the top moves signings of the day. My honorable mentions are Corey Davis to the New York Jets. Whoever New York's going to have at QB, they're going to get a solid weapon in Corey Davis. I would put him at my wide receiver too, but I think that he would work in New York. He's going to have Denzel Mims to work with. Whether it's Sam Darnold or Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, I think that Corey Davis is going to fit well in New York, and they're going to continue to rebuild that roster, and Corey Davis is a good start. Another one was Ronald Darby to the Denver Broncos. Denver always is going to have a good defense, and they're going to continue this trend here. I like the move a lot because I think Denver is going to try to continue to find their quarterback, and so having a good secondary doesn't hurt, so they're not giving up 30 billion points a game. They're able to continue that defensive trend. That's always what I identify Denver as, if you're a Denver fan listening. I always identify them as a terrible offense with a fantastic defense. If they could combine the offense to be top 16 in the league, they'd probably be a consistent playoff team every single year. So let's start at number five. I'm going to go with John Johnson going to the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland's worst part of their team last year was their secondary. And I think in that Kansas City game, they really struggled to be able to contain Travis Kelsey, Terry Kill, and those weapons as the offense started to figure stuff out and get going against a really talented Kansas City defense. So I think that for Cleveland... To bolster up that secondary was very key going into free agency. They had some money to spend. They don't obviously need to rework the offense. I think Baker Mayfield's going to get his money soon, but not immediately. And I think Cleveland's fine on that end. They needed to boost up that back seven on their defense. That secondary needed some work. So I think 
that's a logical move for Cleveland to make. They get a free safety in John Johnson, who's been very well for the Los Angeles Rams. That is a solid start to our top five. At number four, it's Corey Lindsley going to the San, San Diego Chargers, going to the Los Angeles Chargers on a highly paid center deal that is going to help protect Justin Herbert for years to come. I'm sure he's very happy to hear that he's made that top five and Justin Herbert, but I think he's more happy that he's going to get his protection that he needs moving forward as he continues to develop as a Los Angeles Chargers QB, who was fantastic offensive rookie of the year. They got a lot of weapons, a lot of pieces, and a new coach with a direction. That's what they needed, direction. Corey Lindsley helps us as the anchor down the offense moving forward. At number three, we have Curtis Samuel to the Jacksonville Jaguars. This actually just happened like 20 minutes ago before I started recording. I was kind of waiting on him to make his move because I think Kenny Galladay is going to wait a couple days to make his decision because he's the top free agent this year. He's going to wait a couple days, see what teams are willing to offer him, and then make his big, big announcement. I like Curtis Samuel going to the Jaguars, especially because I think the idea in mind is that Urban Meyer probably told him, look, Trevor Lawrence is going to be your quarterback, and we have money to offer you. And Jacksonville's a pretty good place to live. What really can you say about it that's negative about this move? Especially when they signed Carlos Hyde, the Jacksonville Jaguars are doing a good job of building pieces before they get their big guy in Trevor Lawrence. Urban Meyer knows what he's doing. He's not really known as this big NFL guy. He's more college football, Ohio State, Florida, but he's starting to make big moves with his new team as they try to rebuild a franchise that's been struggling to stay afloat and consistent for the last 25 years. Trevor Lawrence and Curtis Samuel, along with DJ Tark and Sh- I can't pronounce that last name, but you, the number 10 on the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know what I'm talking about. I can't pronounce that wrong, and I don't want to butcher it and sound like an idiot on my podcast. 20th episode, by the way. Big, big deal. At number two, I got Joe Tooney, the Patriots' top guard, is signing with the Kansas City Chiefs, five years, $80 million. This is a really good deal. I think for Kansas City, you watch that Super Bowl and you go, wow, that was rough. It was like a train wreck with the offensive line. They need to be able to have depth and be able to shuffle things around. Tooney is an excellent anchor for that offense, and they can start to focus on other needs. They still have cap space to work with. I think Tooney's deal, I looked at some numbers, it's pretty good considering the caliber of the player that he is. Patrick Mahomes is obviously happy. He's not going to be running for his life as much on a certain side. And if New England's former guard can fit into Kansas City's scheme, I think that Kansas City will be right back where they left in the Super Bowl. They're going to be doing great. They're going to go back. They will be a top team, and Joe Tooney is a fantastic signing. And you guys saw this coming at number one. It's the entire New England Patriots signees. They have a lot, and I'm going to read every single one of them out, and we're going to talk about them. So they started with Jonu Smith, then they went nose tackle with, I think it's good show. Then they had Jalen Mills, Matthew Judon, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, and Henry Anderson. And they probably got more left in the tank. They probably signed two more guys as I was making this podcast. But let's talk about New England. So this was a, new, a very unique year for the New England Patriots, because last year they had little to no money. They were in the salary cap hell. They lose Tom Brady. They have a pretty beaten roster. They have the most opt-outs in the league. Literally anything that could have gone wrong last year went wrong. And now New England was scheduled. They're like, all right, we're going to have a lot of money in 2021. Let's see what we can do with this roster. Let's see what we can do with Cam Newton. Let's try to make something of this run. And then 2021, we're going to go back stronger. I am super, super happy for the Patriots. Patriots fans, if you're listening to this, I know I got a couple Patriots fans listening right now. As this is playing, obviously not listening as I'm recording, but I know you guys are excited. I've I don't think I've been on Twitter more all day than I was today because things just blew up 
at the exact right time. Jonu Smith, perfect tight end one for Cam Newton. I think for Cam Newton especially, Greg Olson was a big part of Cam Newton's game, a security blanket. I think Jonu Smith can provide that for him. Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, two fantastic receivers that are on the come up. They're going to be really solid weapons for Cam. I think that New England got better with each signing. Their nose tackles, they're going to be able to protect the interior and stop some of those big running games, especially when they're playing Buffalo, like Zach Moss. There's no business for Zach Moss to be running for 100 yards a game. New England starts to build their new roster. It's almost like a similar run where they're like, all right, Belichick watched that Super Bowl and goes, what did Tom Brady do? He got loaded. He got weapons. Belichick's going to do the same. I think he's still competitive. He's pissed and he's ready to make that run. I'm really, if I were to give New England Patriots a grade right now, I'd give them an A because I don't know what they're going to do in the draft. If they do really well in the draft and they get their quarterback of the future, they get some depth on the O-line because everybody needs depth. They can clear up some holes with linebacker. They're going to get their opt-outs back. It's the perfect offseason that Patriots fans were hoping for. You didn't know if Belichick was going to be aggressive, but I think he knows as much as you guys that if there was going to be a year to be aggressive and go all in, it was this year. He has one of the most salary. They had the most salary cap, and they had a top three salary cap space. No one else could really sign teams, sign players. So Belichick sees the situation, and he goes for it. And that's what makes him such a great GM. People were calling out for him, saying, you can't do this, you can't do that. Brady made you who you are. He was listening, and he was ready, because he made a lot of splash moves. And... Might I add, this is completely a joke, so don't take me completely seriously, but we talked about Belichick and why he needed this offseason to go really well after the Garoppolo reports. It obviously didn't surface to what they were foretold to be. And I said, Belichick needs his offseason because he needs to prove to the world that he can do it without Brady. He's got the team now. There's no more excuses. This team is a completely different one. It's very, very much an upgrade from 2020. I am very excited to watch them. I'm going to be going to a Patriots game this year, so that's going to be fun. It's just a lot, and I'm sure that as this free agency season continues, we're going to cover it on this podcast. That was my free agency top five signings and thoughts on day one. So if you're listening and you've listened through the entire podcast, thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I want to thank you guys for the support. You continue to give this podcast. We have reached heights that I have never dreamed of, but I always wanted. And as for an announcement, the bracket contest is still open and still live till Thursday. So get in on that if you want to be on the Man With The Plan podcast. I overall got nothing really else to say. I'm super happy. It's been quite the day. I uh, We'll get into that later. We got It's been a free agency day. It's been a lot of classes and stuff. I'm really excited for what's coming forward. Thank you guys so much. Sorry for the rambling at the end, but I just love telling my stories, love storytelling, I love sports and all that. It's a great place to put it in. I am so excited for what's coming. This is the Mammoth Plan Podcast. As always, have a fantastic day and take care. (laughs) 